inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining. Today we have a really uh, interesting conversation about what are the leadership challenges in the digital age. And for, ha- for that, we have really a special guest, who is Peter Ivanov. Peter Ivanov is manager, entrepreneur, author, and virtual teams expert with over 25 years of international experience. Born in Bulgaria, he graduated in mathematics. After working as an IT services manager for Eastern Europe, Middle East, and Africa, Peter recognized the growing importance of the teams in multiple locations and developed an innovative method for leading virtual teams. In 2013, Peter founded Virtual Power Teams and started a new career as a keynote speaker and executive coach on new leadership. Peter is a passionate athlete and world senior champion in discos. In his dynamic keynote speeches and master classes, which are held in English, German, Bulgarian, and Russian, Peter uses the experience he has gained as a manager, athlete, entrepreneur, and yes, the father of five little girls, to show you how to build up and lead your own successful virtual power teams. Hello, Peter. Welcome. Hi, Oscar. It's uh, it's an honor to be with you in your audience. My pleasure, Peter. It's really uh, I'm really excited to hear what you are going to tell us about uh, virtual power teams. Uh, so please tell us a bit more about yourselves, especially how uh, you start your career as a speaker. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you mentioned, I was uh, I was a corporate IT manager for like twenty years, mm-hmm. and uh, very organically. From a one-man show, a help desk guy and, you know, jack for all trades initially, uh, I climbed up to IT manager for one country and then uh, I was leading the project delivery unit for Europe uh, where I had a pool of project managers and we delivered a portfolio of IT projects and then I was IT manager for Eastern Europe, Middle East and Africa. So all this, I always had the pleasure to lead big teams, mm-hmm. teams spread across different locations, different countries, different time zones, if you wish, and also from very different cultures. And, uh, you know, trial and error, trying to unite people despite these big uh, distances, I developed my method, virtual power teams, which is uh, which comprise the 10 success factors for retaining the gravity, I call the gravity between the team members and unleashing the team power. And I must say, I think there is a quite similarity between a virtual team and the atom, where you have in the atom, mm-hmm. you have a nucleus, you remember the model and various particles mm-hmm. flying around. And in a virtual team is quite similar. We aim to retain the gravity, despite the distance, the gravity between the individual team members, which are the particles flying around the atom, and then the the nucleus, which is not the manager or the boss, but this is the purpose and the goal of the team. So this is my passion now to unite people from different um, from different locations, different cultures. And I work in the last five years. I work with many multinationals. I've worked with uh, SMEs, small and medium enterprises, having, for example, production in China, head office in Germany, and then marketing office in New York. 
and and uh, newlywed scale-ups, which when they reach 10, 15 people already in two locations, uh, they need to, to build a team spirit. And one last thing, uh, what gives me extreme pleasure and fulfillment, feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment is working with NGOs, where you don't have the boss, you don't have the hierarchy, you have people passionate about some particular cause and uh, uniting them uh, the same principles apply. So we, we have uh, virtual power teams. For example, Teach for All, it's an American NGO, or uh, Youth Against AIDS, it's a German one. All noble causes supported by normally young people. And building a power team in this environment is also very, very satisfactory. Mm-hmm. So since when you start working with NGOs, for instance, because your origins are from um, well, IT, anti-environment? IT and, and corporate. They, they mm-hmm. kind of found me. I was not planning NGOs, but I did a few open events okay. uh, where I invited you know, all managers or team leads, all that are interested to the subject. And then there came the NGOs themselves, some of their um, kind of passionate members. And the first one was actually uh, Youth Against AIDS in Germany. Mm -hmm. They actually, they had a keynote and their keynote speaker dropped out in the last moment, was ill, and they researched internet and they found me. So that's how it started. But since then, I, I coached the... The leadership team of this big NGO, and I was, uh, you know, often a keynote speaker and run workshops and so on. And then in Bulgaria, where I'm originally coming from, I live in Hamburg now with my big family. You've mentioned I mm-hmm. have five daughters, <laughs> quite quite little, aged between five and thirteen, no twins, so like five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen. Um, so, um, yes, uh, I, I go to Bulgaria on business now, and uh, I did open events, and there I work with Teach for All, another beautiful NGO trying to deliver a good quality education in places where such education is not normally available. Uh, yes, so that's, that's how it all started. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so- Mm-hmm. Here I am now with quite a broad target group. I see. But what, what makes it um, exciting for me, as I said, the method and the principles, they rely on the, on the human nature, which is the same regardless if you are in a multinational or NGO. So same principles apply, just the purpose is, is different. Mm-hmm. And could you tell us uh, briefly these principles? Well, it's the 10 big rocks, um, I call them, the 10 key success factors for retaining the gravity. They are broken down in three main groups. So the first group is, if we imagine a virtual team as a human body, mm-hmm. the first part of big rocks is like the head, the head of the human body, where you have the first three are personality in focus. Many managers, they forgot about the importance of personality. They say, I don't see the people, I don't meet them, why should I bother, what are they as individuals? I think with this attitude, you lose a lot of team potential. So I have a very concise format through the lifeline where within the five to 10 minutes, people present what they are most proud of, what are their biggest achievements, but as well where they struggled and they nevertheless managed to overcome. So in a very concise, uh, like five to 10 minutes, you find out what makes the heart of each and everyone sink with this lifeline and you, you kind of see the personal relationship. So that's the first one, personality in focus. 
Second one is Strengths Matrix. So here we will discover again in a very pragmatic peer coaching format, what are the natural strengths and talents of the team members. Uh, and then we will build a strength matrix, which will be public. So this everybody will feel special because everyone has a special particular uh, strength and skill. And we will use it later on for additional roles and responsibilities. And for instead of delegation, people will voluntarily pick tasks based on their strengths. And the third one is interdependent goals. So I would do it in a way that uh, everyone from the leadership team, if there is a hierarchy, you have a manager and then his direct reports or leadership team, everyone from the leadership team will have his or her own goal. If it's a big NGO, normally they also have a leadership team and then you have a number of volunteers. Uh, but if it's more flat organization, we could have a core virtual power team and then we will have a sub virtual power teams for the initiatives and sub goals that we create. So the model is adaptable to hierarchical uh, organization and like flat hierarchies or non hierarchical organizations. So that was the first part. I was a bit, um, so the head. Yep. And here we are aiming for clarity. Who is the member of the team as a personality? What are the strengths and what are the goals? Mm -hmm. The second part, the next three big rocks is like the skeleton and muscles, the body of this um, human being. And here we'll be talking about forums and agenda. So what meetings, what conferences do we need? Who takes part? What's the frequencies? Again, in some virtual teams, uh, the manager calls a meeting if there is a problem. And sometimes there is a finger pointing. So I get away from this management manager-centric or problem-centric kind of communication. And we establish a structured communication when everyone is having a slot. That's very important. Um, so this is in this forums and agenda, we will establish what meetings and who takes part. Then is the knowledge management. So we'll build knowledge management around the strengths and knowledge champions. Uh, and then regular feedback, which sometimes is sometimes scarce commodity. Again, uh, normally, you know, there will be a conversation if there is a problem and we go in a problem solving mode. So uh, I have a structure of meetings related to development and regular feedback for people to get feedback and, and, and develop. And also for the manager to ask the question, how can I better support you? How can I be a better manager? So these conversations, from my perspective, have to be structured and not left to the chance. So this is the third part, the, 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 the body, the skeleton and muscle. And the third, third part, my favorite, is the heart. So here we'll be talking about uh, recognition, how to recognize progress. Again, sometimes a scarce commodity. And then we will be talking about diversity. Um, so how to turn diversity, multicultural team from a risk into an advantage. And then the third one is uh, how to establish a winning spirit despite the geographical distance. And here I have a model with appealing price, which is not money, but, you know, an experience to, um, you know, to reach a high performance. Once I brought 20 people to Tenerife Canary Islands, but we finished one three years, a two years project. We finished three months earlier and saved 250,000 euros. And one year in the middle of the project, I spoke to the project board and said, if we do that, you know, I suggest that uh, all 30 people go to Canary Islands. And, and they agreed because it was a win-win anyway. <laughs> uh, so that was a, a fantastic experience. And I think if you, you, if you set a price, be generous. Because if, if you set a regular price, people will not move. But you can be generous because the, the organizational cost of delay uh, is, is much higher. So you'd burn the money anyway. If you have a significant productivity, you could have a significant reward. 
But it should be a, a team experience, not money, as I said. And you should announce it early in advance, not in the last moment. Mm. So, And the tenth one is next generation leader. So how to include the high potentials of people with leadership talent in this, uh, as I said, you have the leadership team, each, one, every, each and every one with their own a- annual strategic goal. And then in, in order to achieve their goals, they need support. So they would mobilize three to five high potentials, people with leadership talent to work on that. And they would create an ecosystem of uh, virtual power teams, if you wish, in order to deliver the team agenda. So this is the 10th one in, in brief. So you have these 10 principles uh, with um, with this body, no, like a like a human body, I think you, you make this. Exactly, exactly. It's part in three parts. Head, that, that, yeah. body, and heart. Heart, body, and heart. That's on your book. Exactly. So I've written a book. Uh, I've written it last year, and it appeared this year, first in German, then in Bulgarian, and now in English. And it, for my delight, it reached uh, top 10 in, in, in the UK and Germany. And in the UK, it was top eight and uh, top four was Sir Richard Branson. So oh. I still keep the snapshot oh. of <laughs> ranking. Um, and exactly, the book is, uh, is also structured in three parts, you know, head, body and heart. And uh, these are 12 chapters there. But the, what, what I think is important about the book uh, and uh, makes uh, a difference is that the book is a story about virtual teams and how they change our world. So it is a dramatic story about a German entrepreneur. It's like a business novel, uh, a German entrepreneur, and there is an earthquake in the outskirts of Himalaya, and he sees there his international breakthrough that he's been waiting for. And he gets in contact with the government relations and, uh, and start and with a friend of him, a, a Canadian architect, and he wants to build a resilient houses, which will be not swept away by the next uh, mm-hmm. earthquake or natural disaster. But then he starts to struggle because his habits, you know, which work in Germany, contact, controlling, very detailed planning are not applicable. He cannot motivate uh, his now global team. And then uh, it's ups and downs, quite dramatic, until they finally manage to build the houses. But in the meantime, they do crowdfunding. They uh, they have to come up with uh, innovative materials because the budget is not enough. Then joins a Brazilian lady, and then the team grows. And then they do MOOC, massive open online course, in order to design the houses. So it is uh, it is quite dramatic, and it was for me a, a very um, positive experience to write it because uh, writing a novel for me is much more fascinating you have the characters you have you know their words their self-reflection their thoughts um you have many situations i've been coaching a MOOC kind of uh, academy owner running this matters open online courses i had the case <laughs> with a building company so I, I kind of weaved in my own experiences and some of the characters are maybe not 100%, but quite close to, to, to reality and to my experience. And uh, yeah, it happened, a book that happened to be top 10. And next year it appears in Chinese. It's being translated as we speak in Chinese. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, fantastic. And congratulations for already the success your book has. And it sounds pretty ter- interesting. I like this idea of making a, like a storytelling uh, way of bringing the, the topic Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Something I, I, 
something I found on the on the samples of your book. Uh, there was one uh, one curve graph. It was performance performance based time in which I can see the let's say normal or all virtual teams start increasing performance. No, I guess they are uh, getting no in shoulder. No, how things work. They reach some ceiling, some some point, but they decline. Um, that's what I saw in your book. What's really yeah. happening there? Yes, I think poorly, poorly led virtual teams, they lose gravity over time. And their team members start to feel and get lost in space. If you remember the atom, I mean, as an electrons, they get lost somehow. And that deteriorates the team performance. And usually on my keynotes, I, I think I, I ask the audience, how do you feel for those of them who are a member of virtual team? And funny enough, not sure what's your view, but if, if I ask you the question, how many do you think are in percentage the virtual team nowadays? If we consider virtual team, which is in more than one location. So if a company is having two offices, even in the same city, mm. but uh, two offices, they would consider as a virtual team. How, how many do you think are in percentage, the virtual teams globally? Okay, good question. That, but just to say something... Sure. Well, today could be already um, one-third, 30-something percent. percent. Mm. Okay, okay. I mean, according to Forrester Research, and this is a two-years-old study, they are 81%. <laughs> so wow. I was also surprised. But if I ask the question in the audience, normally like 80% raise their hands. So it's, it, it's, it resonates with, with the reality. And 60% of them in a more than one time zone. So they are really dispersed teams. But then... Uh, back to your question on the graphic. Um, when I ask how they feel, often some people say uh, isolated. They say uh, communication is a challenge and so on. So if you don't have this, for example, the personality in focus, so they connect as a human beings and they connect heart to heart, you already start to lose gravity. If you don't have the structured communication and the boss is dominating the discussion with you know KPIs and mm. and business results or problem solving, that also uh, they start feeling lost. So you need uh, some basic elements, as I said, uh, in the ten big rocks to retain the gravity, and you you tackle exactly this. Instead of feeling of loneliness, you feel understood, you feel appreciated, you feel special based on the strengths, and then you have roles related to your strengths. Well, do it in flow, and then you have a very clear team goal, which is breaking down as annual strategic goal, and every one of the leadership is taking one of them. So all this creates gravity, and it starts to accumulate. Instead of when in the middle, you know, uh, after some point in time, they're feeling isolated, and they kind of some some of them resign. There you have the other effect when uh, they start feeling special. They see we're making progress, and with this appealing prize that I mentioned, when you see where you are to your goal and how do we progress, at some point in time, I always manage to get even an exponential growth. You know, you, you, the feeling of, yes, we can, and yes, we will do it, and we are something special. Each and every one of us is a star, and as a team with this clear goal, we will be writing history. I've seen it again and again coming. So it's really a combination of all these 10 things. None of it is a rocket science, but if you do it properly, if you kind of tune it for your industry, for your reality, mm -hmm. for your location. It is powerful and it turns the performance even exponentially up. Mm -hmm. And could you share some some more concrete stories of 
let's say, communication challenges in these virtual teams and how they were worked out? Mm, for example, I think often you have problem with the accents. Um, if you have a big global team, mm. you have Indians, French, you have some okay. people with a strong accent speaking English. These are like basics. I think here my advice would be uh, normally it's a web meeting. So put your question in the chat so people can mm. also read it to avoid uh -huh. misunderstanding. Ask the local native people, prepare, discuss in advance, you know, to speak slowly and to use less idioms and more like uh, kind of book language. Um, but I think with the communication, the biggest part is really everyone having a slot and keeping there also the personal and professional kind of aspect of communication. So in these weekly calls, normally I would advise to have a weekly call of this team of 10, 15 people. But uh, depending on the industry again and the goal and the criticality, could be could be even daily, could be sometimes bi-weekly and so on, team decides. Uh, I would break it down that everyone is having an equal slot and everyone start with a personal update. And you can hear stories from, you know, what was my record in half marathon through, you know, how it uh, tastes red wine from Chile or Peru <laughs> <laughs> from, you know, Reserve 96. So people would share very individual and close to their heart things. And this is like, the spice that, you know, holds the people together. Initially, they present their se themselves with a lifeline and they already have a feeling of, you know, as individuals. And then with this close personal updates, not more than two minutes, it's important. You know, some people may talk for hours. No, everyone has maximum two minutes for personal mm -hmm. update and then professional update. So this brings the structure and you, you, you increase the level of uh, participation and then once a month, I would do it formal. The same forum would not be like um, informal um, and telephone conference. It would be formal. People will put, you know, everyone is having a goal. They will put their um, their goal in the one pager as a presentation. And uh, uh, everybody would see. And here comes a little bit of other effects. You know, probably we don't have to go into so much detail now, but there comes some some peer pressure you know, because the goals are interdependent and comes a lot of support to each other in order to make sure that, you know, uh, my goal and our team goal, we're making progress. So there, there are various things. And not uh, to forget is this appealing price, which is also uh, like oil for the communication. Um, I've mentioned the story with, uh, with uh, Tenerife. Uh, I had other story when Appealing price, which team decides, and it depends how many, you know, how how much budget is available. Sometimes exotic trip is not an option, but even NGOs, they manage to find a way to have something appealing. For example, the German NGO here, Youth Against AIDS, they got tickets for Bayern Munich here yeah. from their sponsors free of charge. So that was a very uh, kind of cool thing for them. So with, with, with the appealing price, with the structured communication, when you respect everyone, if there are accents, you, you verbalize that in advance, you use written communication and so on. Once you start to get on the journey of a team spirit, you find solution for these uh, things. And not you as a manager, you wouldn't be able, but in an open format, the team, uh, and based also on the strengths of some individuals. For example, some people are good moderators. In this call where everybody is having a slot, it's key to have a moderator who prepares the agenda in advance and he would keep timing and make sure people stick to their allocated slot. So 
leveraging on the on the strengths of your team and uh, with transparency discussing those things early enough in advance or right after uh, you could resolve all communication challenges well you have very very interesting uh, stories and also uh, this uh, best practice as, as, as asking the participants to talk about something um, uh, something personal, no, just to warm up so everybody knows each other a bit more, no, because th these chances are not possible when you your colleagues are somewhere else in 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 the world. Exactly, exactly. And you do it once deep in the initial kind of workshop, could be online, and then it's just two minutes per week. But people mm -hmm. feel like you know they they spend time together. They know sometimes they have low lights to share. Sometimes there is a dead case in the family and people mm, yes. thinking, oh, is it something personal? Why is not he responding to my email? What's going on? So with this short interventions, you, you maintain the transparency and, and the gravity in the team. Yeah. Excellent. So there's definitely a lot of uh, things for, for leaders in these virtual teams from, from uh, all what you have in your book and, and I guess in your, your, so yours, uh, or you speak around the world. Um, well, I was thinking something also uh, about the the tools. If you could briefly mention some tools that are used for converting a normal virtual team into power virtual team. Virtual yes. power teams. I think you have, I mean, one tool is the, the, the 10 big rocks, as I mentioned. So this is a coaching exercise. Normally with two days uh, kind of workshop, we could tune each of these big rocks like personality and focus, trend marketing and so on for the reality of the team, for the specific team members. And then in the end, they will have their, in the interdependent goals, we will discover the top three topics. That, and this will be a, a discovery process, a moderated session where bottom up people will say what is on their hearts and so on. They will vote and we'll have the top three topics. And the bigger the team, the less aware is the manager, where are the problems? Uh, and then we will convert these three, three topics into the SMART goals. Again, SMART is specific, measurable, and so on. Uh, but we will, we will do it in a, you know, with some additional questions, so to be very concrete and specific. And then we will turn the SMART goals into the roadmap. So in the end of this workshop, people will have their team agenda roadmap. So there will be the SMART goals and what are the sub-step, the sub-goals and the key initiatives in order to get to those goals. And people will voluntarily take some of these actions to get there. So it's, it's quite pragmatic and important. We will also build a team charter in the second part of this forums and agenda. We will define what is the urgent, uh, what is the channel for urgent communication? What is the response time for this channel? Because sometimes not responding to some perceived urgent agency uh, messages creates a lot of frustration. We will create a response time or agree upon the response time for uh, responding to email. So we'll create a lot of uh, transparency, a meaningful one, not just bureaucratic, but meaningful. Without it, you mm -hmm. have trans uh, frustration. We will also set the price, which if we reach, it will be, you know, a pinning price, but only for outstanding performance, not for just quickly or, you know, slightly uh, overachieving our mm -hmm. goals. So. All these 10 big rocks create clarity and build the, the roadmaps to, to success and to power team. And then in terms of technology, I think you need, um, I would mention here, there are many tools now nowadays like Skype for Business. You need a video conferencing tool where you could share also uh, a presentation. Mm -hmm. You need a tool where you could have a shared whiteboards. And normally the tools currently have it. The WebEx, Cisco WebEx tool has it. 
the if you wish Adobe Connect has it, GoToMeeting has it. So if you have a good web conferencing system, they have the functionality of sharing video uh, presentation and also whiteboards where you could brainstorm, you could have a breakout groups and you could have you could simulate a real life workshop with a with the right technology. And then in terms of knowledge base, you need something something dynamic where people could share thoughts, could share ideas and immediately get feedback, get likes and comments. So even a closed Facebook group can do for a very informal kind of communication to, to share new ideas, to get comments, to bounce. And then you need a more static tool, which is like auditable, which you could have version control and there you could store your kind of important documents like budgets, like, you know, baseline plans and so on. And recently, uh, Slack is gaining popularity with their channels. You have, you know, the both of uh, two worlds. You have, uh, you know, a structured way to share knowledge uh, on one hand. And on the other, you could comment, respond. It's quite dynamic. So uh, many people adopt this uh, as a kind of daily communication tool. And you have sometimes wiki um again many of my teams use it for you know knowledge management to share articles you know to have a company internal wiki to share uh, knowledge on particular subject or lessons learned from particular project and so on so there are a variety of tools but important you need a proper tool for video conferencing where you can also have shared whiteboards for brainstorming and and uh, breakout groups and you need a dynamic tool like closed Facebook group for the daily communication informal. And you need something like, um, um, yeah, like uh, static communication tool. Could be SAP Team Room, there are many. And then for knowledge management, Slack and Wiki uh, are gaining speed. Okay, that's that truly many. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a great list. I'll definitely put a summary of the tools that you have mentioned, put it in the show notes of this episode because it sounds like a very useful, useful list compilation. Of... Thank you. Uh, Peter, if you could give us one more concrete example as a, one organization who is truly having virtual power teams today. Because it's, it's my brand and uh, normally after we do the two days workshop, we lay the foundation for a virtual power team with the roadmaps and the team charter and the tools. And then within sometimes three to six months, some online coaching team and individual, we convert the, the, the team into virtual power team. We start to see this exponential development, you know, this uh, drive for success to reach the goals that we set. So I could refer some of my customers in terms of NGOs, um, yeah, again, I've worked with some. Um, it's um, it's difficult to quote from outside the world, but I think all the high-performing companies, uh, which have also exponential growth in terms of revenue, uh, they they operate in such a way. I've been reading case studies from Buffer. This is this tool where you could share mm -hmm. in social media. Yes. They have a nice case studies. Um, Slack itself, which have a very good tool for enabling virtual power teams. I think they... So if you look at the, the new economy, the companies that reached uh, extraordinary performance, uh, seldomly you have normally a collocated design team 
for new product development. I think there is still some preference to, to design all the creative minds to put in one space. But then development is normally somewhere else, you know, India or Eastern Europe. Uh, and then you have uh, sometimes, so DevOps is differently different. You have marketing in the hot spaces like Silicon Valley, New York, London, and so on. So they are virtual and they manage to, uh, to, to do that uh, successfully. I guess they apply similar principles to, to mine. Mm. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Peter, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Um, normally, to be honest with you, I, I end up my virtual power team's keynote with one quotation. And I say there uh, that if you dream alone, this is just a dream. Mm -hmm. If we people dream together, this is the beginning of a new reality. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, this been said by, by John Lennon. Okay. Uh, and I think it uh, really gives the power of, of the team and, and the power team. If you, if you manage to dream together and then work together towards your dream, you can create a new reality. All right. Wow. Yeah, fantastic quote. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. <laughs> Could you now uh, recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? I think um, we've mentioned <laughs> my book, Virtual Power Teams, which is a result. But maybe I would recommend um, from Patrick Lencioni, the book Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, it, he's not talking about virtual teams, but it's quite fundamental model to, to establish a team five dysfunctions of a team so he tackles it from problem perspective and turns it into a into an excellent team and i think when i when i wrote my book uh i didn't want to write a typical management book just with tips and analysis i wanted to be a uh you know a story mm. and uh, i remember going in the stadium when i practice a lot i still train a lot as i mentioned i was world champion in athletics in discus throw this year in new zealand for for my age group 45 to 50 uh, but there i do training and then i uh, rehearse my speeches and there i was conceptualizing my book and i remember exactly the spot next to the this discus circle mm -hmm. where i said it will be a story And then no. if I look back, the Patrick Lencioni book is also a story. It's a similar. So I guess subconsciously I kind of uh, like that. And then it came to, to my mind. It was not a direct connection to this book, but later on I realized uh, it is in a similar way. But yes, that would be my recommendation. Okay, excellent. Finally, could you uh, share with us one exercise something practical that you recommend us doing it daily or weekly a routine to shine routine to shine um and you mean could be physical could be mental as well yes no restriction everything is allowed <laughs> okay i mean here i probably am not um i'll share three things quickly um like heart body and soul for the body Uh, I'm doing, um, every time I feel a little bit stuck, I would do deep breathing. I would do stretching from yoga and breathing, um, kind of my own routine. It helps a lot. You need like 10 minutes with a proper breathing pattern and, and some stretching 
you, you get fresh and you are ready for a new challenge. Uh, in terms of mind, I would write down my goals and put them on the wall. And it's many people do it. Uh, so you could see it. And because we live in dynamic changes every now and then within the year, these are annual goals, I have to adapt. <laughs> but I have three goals. One is more financial business. One is more sports body and one is family. Mm. And then uh, in terms of heart, uh, every time before I go to sleep and when I wake up, I remind, I have a, like a, a little mantra which uh, is referring to my goals, but it is more how does it feel if you achieve them? You know, where are you and how does it feel? So this repetitive process, I, I guess it helps achieving your goals. All right. Thanks a lot for, for these exercises to, to improve ourselves. Uh, and thank you for this very interesting interview. I personally learned a lot from what I heard from you. And, and could you finally... Tell us how we can uh, learn more about you, follow you. What are the best ways to get more? Yes. Thanks again. Thanks for the opportunity, Oscar. It's been a pleasure. So I think you could you could read about me and Virtual Power Teams on my webpage, which is you know wwwpeter ivanov with I and then V-A-N-O-V dot com. So here there is a blog. There are many videos uh, for inspiration. And for sure... If you get my book in English, it's called Virtual Power Teams, and then how to deliver projects faster, reduce your cost, and develop your organization for the future. So it's available on Amazon uh, as a Kindle version. And then I think this week it will be finally available also for, for printing. Uh, so I think those two resorts and uh, resources uh, you could find out more or If you want to get a bit more interactive, drop me a note at info at peter-ivanov.com and I'll be happy to respond. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Again, thanks a lot, uh, Peter, and all the best. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time...